I do my show on the Heritage Radio Network because I think it's important to talk about the impact of technology on our lives. I do my show to reach home cooks and help them do better. I love getting together with people in the industry. I like hosting my show because to me, it's the stories about people and their relationship to food that help make the food more interesting and more delicious. Our hosts do their shows as a labor of love, but we still need your financial support in order to keep the lights on and keep the tape rolling. Please become a member today at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Rennet. You've heard about it. It's a complex of enzymes that turns milk into cheese. Typically, rennet is derived from the stomachs of unweaned ruminant animals, but you can also get rennet from plants. And that's what we're talking about today, vegetable rennet, or caio vegetale in Italian, my broken Italian. Welcome to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting on the Heritage Radio Network. On today's show, we have Michelle Buster of Forever Cheese here in the studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Thanks for coming on, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me. Michelle is our official translator here at Cutting the Curd. She was on our episode last summer all about water buffalo, so be sure to check that out too. And on the line, we're super happy to have Mario Fiandino of Fattoria Fiandino in Piemonte, Italy. Come stai, Mario? Tutto bene, grazie. Yeah, grazie mille grazie, to grazie. you. That's the extent of my Italian. That's all, you, that's all you're going to get out of me. <laughs> um, so we'd love to talk in the first half of the episode all about Fattoria Fiantino. Um, I'll ask you some questions in, in English, and Michelle will translate them in Italian, and you just be comfortable and answer them. Um, um, so I wanted to know, Mario, how did you come to make cheese? Mario. Greg ti sta chiedendo perché fai formaggio, cosa ti ha portato di farlo? Che, eh, la, che cosa mi ha portato a fare formaggio? Esatto. Sì, allora diciamo la nostra è un'azienda familiare, quindi l'azienda l'ha fondata mio nonno nel 1940, anche se poi da generazioni, quindi io ho proseguito il lavoro dei miei genitori e di mio nonno. It goes back to his grandparents in 1940, so he decided to follow in the footsteps of his parents and grandparents. That's fantastic. Hopefully we have more people in America that uh, follow that same track. We've been talking a lot about secession planning on the show. Um, here in America, as you know, we have a lot of younger cheesemakers, so they're the first generation. So we hope to follow in the footsteps of uh, here of people like uh, Mario and his family. So congrats on that. Um Mario, I've read your company described as a cheese producer of tradition and of innovation. What does that mean? Dice che ha letto che voi producete in maniera tradizionale ma innovativo. E voleva sapere che cosa vuol dire. Allora, eh, noi produciamo in modo tradizionale perché facciamo ancora formaggi, alcuni formaggi tradizionali intesi con, eh, con del caglio, mh, caglio animale. 
però è innovativo in quanto abbiamo, abbiamo innovato facendo nuovi prodotti, ad esempio il formaggio e la birra e poi soprattutto usando il caglio vegetale che è una cosa completamente nuova, sebbene fosse il vecchio caglio usato dai romani in antichità. Grazie. What Mario is saying is they're traditional from the point of view that they started out and still make some cheeses using animal rennet, but they're innovative because they've made a lot of new products. They were the first people that I remember to make a cheese washed with the beer, the fromage baladin. Sure. And more, more importantly, for, um, perhaps, is the fact that they decided to make cheese with vegetable rennet. And when I saw them, for example... I saw cow's milk cheese, vegetable rennet. Huh. Right. I've never seen that before. And we're in Italy. Right. So those are the things that called my attention more than the the beer. Because they thought, when I went to them at Bra years ago, right. I ran by them in a tent. And they thought, oh, just another thousand person. They want to try our beer cheese. Great, but, you know, wait in line. We're busy. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm interested in the fact that you're making cow's milk cheeses raw milk, by the way, yeah. with vegetable rennet. So I'm going to get into that in the second part of the show, all about the rennet. Um, but what inspired them even to, to do a beer wash? Because um, I've heard here from cheesemakers here that, that they only wash the cheeses in the beer and, and in liquor to promote the rind's growth. Um, that were they doing? Was he doing that for flavor additive or, or just, uh, just to try something different? What made him deviate from the tradition um, of, of the cheese making of his family? Mario, perché hai deciso di fare una cosa nuova? E quella è la prima parte della domanda. La seconda è perché hai deciso di fare il formaggio alla brira? Tu volevi fare una cosa mm-hmm. per eh, la buccia, per fare una cosa diversa lì, volevi fare un... Cioè, perché hai deciso di farlo? Già sappiamo mm-hmm. che sei stato, secondo me, la prima in Italia di fare formaggio con la birra. Certo. Ma allora, per la prima parte noi abbiamo deciso, assieme al mio cugino, di, di, for, di produrre del formaggio a caglio vegetale in quanto eh, mio nonno lo produceva già in alpeggio, quindi quando si andava in montagna con le mucche nel periodo estivo, eh, prima, durante il periodo, anche prima della guerra, c'era difficoltà ad accaparrarsi, a comprare del caglio perché veniva estratto dallo stomaco di vitello e quindi era un bene prezioso. E allora si usava l'erba selvatica, il cardo selvatico che nasceva sulle Alpi e di lì avevo degli appunti, abbiamo pensato di riprendere eh, questa vecchia produzione e, 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 e l'idea è nata un po' per caso, un po' per, perché abbiamo trovato questi vecchi manoscritti. Quella è, è stata la, la, l'idea principale che poi ha caratterizzato le fattorie Fiendino, proprio il fatto di produrre formaggio con del caglio da cardo. Ok, eh, aspetta un attimo Mario, Mario io spiego un po' questo e poi andiamo alla seconda parte della domanda, va bene? Ok. Mario said that they found an old manuscript uh-huh. from his grandfather, which right. explained that, you know, during or before the war actually, when they would do the uh, transhumans, and sure. they took the animals up into the alpage, into the mountain, uh-huh. that what grew in the grass was the, the vegetable, was the, re- the cardo. Uh-huh. So help me, I'm having my, my thistle rennet. Yeah, yeah. The thistle flower. So because it grew and it was easy access, once the war started, it was really hard to get a hold of the, the rennet, the animal rennet, Understood. because it was from the stomach. So they used what they had around them. And they got very excited by that, and they decided this would be a really cool thing to 
um, to do again and to bring back into use. Okay, cool. uh, adesso mi spieghi per favore la parte della birra. Okay, il secondo. Pretty awesome. Il discorso del formaggio e della birra invece è nato in quanto esistono in Italia alcuni prodotti, eh, fatti, alcuni formaggi fatti anche con, eh, con il vino, i formaggi che vengono chiamati ubriachi. Allora, eh, siccome noi eravamo vicino ad un piccolo eh, birrificio, eh, qui in provincia di Cuneo, in Piemonte, abbiamo deciso di, avere, di avviare una collaborazione con questo piccolo beneficio che produce birra eh, molto qualificata e eh, molto apprezzata. Allora abbiamo detto facciamo un prodotto dove eh, si possa, sempre con la birra, ma dove la birra entra proprio all'interno del latte e non solamente come aromatizzante nella crosta che poi viene tolta. Da noi la birra viene messa nel latte assieme ai malti d'orzo e la crosta del formaggio può essere mangiata completamente ok grazie um, the idea to make a cheese washed with beer came from the fact that they were in Piemonte and um, well they could have done wine but you know he was thinking about the ubriaco and all the wines soaked but basically just the rind sure. in the wine and so right next to him he had a small high quality um, birrificio Yeah. And he said, what, you know, I think this could be a cool idea. So together we decided to go on this project and we wanted to not just have the beer washed on the rind, but we wanted it inside the cheese. Sure. And so when I went, they actually add beer and barley into the paste of the cheese. They put when the they spent grains in there, right? They put the spent, the, the leftovers from the beer making process. They do that, but then they also pour beer. They put actually. beer in the curds. Exactly. Oh, interesting. And then it takes a process of like over... I saw it like three days to do the washing because they do only half. Uh-huh. They do like three different levels of washing sure. it to cover it with the beer and then the malt and, and everything else. And he's right next to the Baladan Brewery, right? And which is one of the first um, Italian uh, craft breweries that we found out about here in the United States. I found out about it through Italy. Uh, they're a partner of ours um, uh, up there in the, in the Benedia, or what was the Benedia. And make great beer there. Uh, beer making in Italy is fairly on that, on that level, uh, from what I've heard from the brewers that I talked to. And um, my roommate, who's just a fountain of knowledge about that and bought all the beer from Italy, is that that's a fairly new thing in that country. So um, the fact that the beer is innovative and the way they make the cheese is innovative is really cool. I really like that. Um, Mario, what are your biggest challenges as a cheesemaker uh, in Italy right now? Mario, adesso in Italia, quali sono le cose più difficili come un produttore di formaggio? Qual è la cosa più difficile nel mestiere del formaggio? Sì, quali reti, quali sono le difficoltà che potresti incontrare? Is it hard to find the milk he likes? Okay. Is it hard to, you know, to sì, find customers? Sì, sì, ho capito. Allora, le difficoltà sono, intanto noi produciamo eh, tanti formaggi eh, moltissimi di questi hanno una lunga stagionatura e quindi eh, le difficoltà sono quelle intrinseche nella, nel produrre oggi e vendere magari il formaggio dopo un anno o un anno e mezzo eh, diciamo eh, la nostra azienda è molto bene specializzata quindi eh, è molto conosciuta essendo un'azienda storica difficoltà ci sono sempre come in tutti, in tutti i settori però Chiaramente sono difficoltà nel settore del formaggio dovuti magari delle volte non tanto all'approvvigionamento di latte, in quanto abbiamo tutto latte vicino all'azienda, quanto piuttosto a delle crisi che possono succedere nel, periodo, nel, nel, nel settore lattiero caseario. 
però non ho nessuna difficoltà particolare oltre a queste. Eh, tu dicevi che per la lunga, perché hai molti formaggi in lunga stagionatura, mi ha detto. Non ho capito, scusa. All'inizio ha detto che difficoltà dei formaggi in quanto è, hanno ah, esatto. lunga stagionatura o non hanno lunga stagionatura? Esatto, nella stagionatura lunga, quindi chiaramente la, la qualità del latte è sempre importante e viene sempre seguita molto, ci sono controlli accurati eccetera eccetera, poi siamo in Italia, c'è tantissimo controllo sulla qualità eccetera eccetera che può, che, che, che da un lato è una fortuna ma comunque c'è anche tutta molta roba burocratica che purtroppo carica he doesn't find a lot of difficulties Fantastic. he said he has all the milk supply he needs because he also has 100 cows uh-huh. he said if he would have to look for what might be difficulties one is the bureaucracy in Italy sure. and two would just be that a lot of the cheeses that he makes have a, are aged for a long time so you have to wait to see how they come you have sure. to wait to make sure that that milk that you checked to make sure it was perfect that the cheese has come out as good as it is. But yeah. in general, he feels very confident in, and he says he has, since his company has been around for so long, that he has that name that helps him also. That's fantastic. And I'm glad. A life free, a life fairly free of problems is a, is a damn good thing to have. Yeah, I, sure. I wish I could say that for myself. <laughs> so I absolutely can. And uh, do you make any changes to your products for the American market, Mario? He better not, but yeah. <laughs> Or do the United States as he see the US as having different preferences as customers in the US want the cheese differently than than, than his Italian customers? Chiedi se hai fatto qualche cambio ai prodotti per il mercato americano e se tu vedi che i nostri esigenze qua negli Stati Uniti sono diverse in qualche modo del mercato italiano. Ma allora, ehm, diciamo che i prodotti che noi vendiamo per il mercato americano sono gli stessi identici prodotti che noi vendiamo per il mercato italiano, quindi da quel punto di vista lì ehm, il prodotto è uguale, non è che noi produciamo in modo diverso per, eh, per gli istituti. Eh, diciamo che il mercato americano è, è sempre per noi in crescita, come diciamo, in generale la, la, la nostra azienda sta aumentando le quote di esportazione eh, e tra tutti i mercati che noi ci rivolgiamo quello americano è proprio il nostro, il nostro, a nostro diritto quello che è più alto potenziale. Eh, alto potenziale per poter diventare veramente uno sfogo importante. Okay, grazie. He said that Jesus, he doesn't do anything different, which is what we always hope for. We don't want to change things for the American market. Sure. Um, and that he just looks as the U.S. market as the best potential for his products because they're such a company who makes a lot of specialties. And the market is what we have when we have the ability with folks like yourself to shape that market. Fantastic. So everybody loves your cheese, Mario. Mm-hmm. Everybody uh, here at home and abroad. That's good. That's great. Um, we're going to take a short break, um, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to ask Mario specifically about the, his major innovation, which is using um, uh, vegetable rennet. Uh, stick with us. Mario, aspetta un attimo, poi torniamo in un paio di minuti. Okay, we'll be right back.
Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? Lush grasslands, glacial water supply, fourth-generation cheesemakers, combining old-world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards. The very best milk. What do you think of when you think of Wisconsin cheese? For me, I think cheese curds. Delicious, fresh cheese curds or deep-fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally any way, any time, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cru Chirchois, which was named 2016's World Champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese, and once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a nonprofit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com. And as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Eat Wisconsin cheese. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd here in the Heritage Radio Network. Before the break, we were talking uh, with Mario and Michelle about Fattoria Fiandino. Uh, Mario's on the line with us from Italy at the end of his day, so we really appreciate him coming on. Um, in the studio, you know, Michelle and I are uh, we're plotting our second half of our show. Um, for this half of the episode, I wanted to talk about Vegetable Rennet. Um, you know, the first half, we got a little overview of uh, Fattoria Fiandino, um, and Mario is a... Is a a later generation cheesemaker that is, uh, has taken the, the blueprint, a traditional blueprint of his family's cheeses and expanded them and innovated. And his largest innovation, um, as he touched upon before the break, is that um, when he used to walk the animals up the mountain um, to practice transhumance, uh, there's a large amount of thistle growing in and around there. And um, and that made an excellent substitute for animal rennet, which was especially scarce during wartime. Um, not a lot of animals roaming around, not a lot of animal husbandry being practiced, probably not on the scale it was, so you can get the rennet out. Um, and uh, I think that's really interesting. So um, Kinara cheeses, uh, which include uh, Lou Berger, uh, which is one of the cheeses that, uh, that, I, that I love, that I get from Michelle, an Italian cheese with a French name, um, is produced with a vegetable rennet. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. And um, so we wanted to ask um, Mario, our next question or our first question for him is, what exactly is a vegetable rennet and how is it produced? Mario, ci sei? Ok, adesso parliamo un po' del caglio vegetale, se ci potresti spiegare un attimino che cos'è e come si produce. Come, come si produce, sì, sì, sì certo. Allora, eh, il caglio che noi usiamo, il caglio vegetale che noi usiamo, lo, lo si ricava e prodotto dal cardo. Quindi il cardo, tutti eh, i pistilli, quindi la parte floreale, la parte in fiore del cardo, eh, viene viene mh, praticamente messa a macerare e poi per un sistema di filtrazione viene estratto dei principi attivi che, hanno, che si chiama cinarina in italiano che ha la funzione di eh, coagulare il latte e quindi si sostituisce in questo caso al caglio animale che viene invece il più usato in Italia che viene, eh, viene invece estratto dal vitello di un, di un, da un vitello molto giovane eh, Mario. Diciamo che viene, eh, Scusami, quando lo masceri lo metti in acqua o direttamente nel latte? 
Allora, il, il, il caio è, è un principio di semerina e è, è un prodotto liquido e quindi viene poi aggiunto direttamente nel, nel, in un due litri diciamo si mettono 250 una piccola quantità di caglio con due litri di acqua e viene poi messo diluito e viene messo direttamente nel latte certo. so the, this is from the thistle flower yes. and you use the, the stems you use the, flower, the part of the flower and that gets ground so they have it because they're using it more and more they don't rely on just using the flower stems like I've seen in Spain and Portugal right. where they'll take it and maybe put it in cheesecloth and steep it in water or in the milk. So he has it made into a liquid format for him so that then he adds water to it and then they put it into it. So he makes his own rennet. It's, it's, it's his. It, it's, it's not a... It's, it's his own sort of recipe for it. Ma la, il caglio che usate è fatto per te secondo la ricetta tua? Il, il caglio che usiamo è una ricetta nostra che ovviamente come dicevo era una ricetta di, di mio nonno che chiaramente però poi io l'ha fatto produrre da un produttore di caglio esatto. perché la, yeah. mia, la nostra azienda fa formaggi esatto. compriamo e, esatto, e lo facciamo produrre però da una ricetta quella di mio nonno che almeno non always... risultava di fatti molti, alcuni piccoli yeah. produttori piccolissimi producono con altri tipi di caglio vegetale ma sono pochi il nostro è esclusivamente da cardo perché la nostra tradizione era quella. Ho capito, grazie. Yeah, he said that he's using the base, his, his grandfather's recipe. Great. But then he has it produced for him in this fashion. He also wants it to be more stable. And I know that by all the other cheeses that I used to buy there, sometimes you had to be so careful, like how much of this rennet you used. It's way more intense. Right, so it's more potent than the animal rennet. It is, and if you don't do it right, it can like taste super steely and sure. very difficult. So he had it transformed into the liquid one so that they could use it in doses and be more consistent with it. And this is not a thing that's very traditional to Italy, using vegetable rennet. Not right? at all. Not at all. So, so it's really – so I guess – we, so I guess I get where the idea was born out of or of necessity, but where did the cheese making technique come from? The idea of that, you know, it was his because it was his grandfather that started this right during the, during World War II using the vegetable, vegetable rennet. Did he see that in a in practice in another country or how, how did he come to have that information? Mario, quando hai deciso di produrre usando caglio vegetale, come sapevi farlo? Tu sei andato a qualche altro paese per farlo o hai fatto delle prove? Come sei riuscito a fare un formaggio così buono usando caglio vegetale? Eh, eh, se ho capito bene eh, come, come siamo riusciti abbiamo, abbiamo, fatto delle, abbiamo preso del caglio ovviamente abbiamo fatto delle prove il primo formaggio è stato fatto su del formaggio quello alla birra per quanto riguarda perché volevamo mantenere una maggiore umidità all'interno del prodotto e quindi eh, avere questo sentore di birra più pronunciato e poi subito dopo siamo andati a finire su tutti gli altri, su tutti gli altri formaggi ovviamente la prova è stata molto lunga perché eh, oramai la nostra azienda produceva con caglio animale come tutte le altre aziende italiane e è stata una cosa difficile da fare ed è motivo per cui eh, non c'è ancora nessuno che lo sta producendo perché, un po' perché gli manca la tecnologia un po' perché sono anni e anni di prova He said that it, it was a lot of trial and error. Right. They did it first with the, with the beer cheese because they were trying to get a more pronounced flavor. And so they were working with that as a technique. And he said a lot of it's not very usual to find in Italy because not a lot of people have the technology to do it. Okay. But it was a lot of trial and error, he said, to get 
where they want it. So get the texture and the flavors correct in the cheese. What's his consumer feedback about the veggie rennet cheeses in Italy? I know in America, you know, vegetarians ask for, you know what I mean? When I'm out of Lou Berger, a lot of vegetarians are very upset with me. But, but for very different reasons, I feel, than, say, the impetus for him using vegetable rennet. Does he have that same kind of consumer in Italy? Cosa dicono i consumatori dei vostri formaggi fatti con caglia vegetale? È una cosa eh, ricercata e lo vogliono soltanto perché è di caglia vegetale, lo vogliono perché piace il sapore? Certo, allora noi riceviamo decine di mail quotidiani da parte dei consumatori che ci, ci ringraziano comunque di aver iniziato una produzione con del formaggio, con del caglio non animale. Questi chi sono? Sono sicuramente tantissimi vegetariani che decidono appunto, trovano un formaggio, diciamo, una gamma completa di formaggi veramente vegetali, senza stomaco di vitello, una parte. Altri che, hanno, che dicono che si avvicinano sempre di più al mondo vegetale e preferiscono mangiare sempre meno carne. Eh, diciamo, questa è stata un po' la cosa eh, direi entusiastica da parte nostra perché tutti i giorni riceviamo, ma da ogni parte del mondo, mail, gente che ci rinaccia e ci dice dove troviamo i vostri prodotti in quel posto, in quel paese, eccetera, eccetera. Però la nostra è comunque un'azienda familiare, quindi eh, stiamo producendo, però non abbiamo dei volumi che non sono volumi così impressionanti rimaniamo sempre una produzione eh, artigianale anche la nostra molto bello he said that every day he gets 10 or more emails from people some of them obvious vegetarians just thanking them so much for making this cheese that's you know a vegetable rennet cheese that is vegetarian and he says some of those are people who just are happier to get closer to the land they're not really vegetarian but they, they want to have, have an ethical problem with the, with the right with it's the, more about being you know eating less meat having sure. less to do with the meat but being more vegetable and plant-based sure sure so it and it's very satisfying to him he said it's not just italy but he said he gets them for like all over the world yeah, that's really cool i mean i i always Aired in the other way, you know. I'm a carnivore and omnivore, and and I get I get cranky with people who demand, demand vegetable bread and cheeses <laughs> for me a lot at the counter because I I just get annoyed with it. But but I, I think I look at it in a different way, um, and I think it's interesting that for me to think about consumers of cheese in Europe that they buy PDO cheeses. And they have to be made using traditional rennet, you know, so I guess you sort of get used to it. So it must be really refreshing to some people who want good cheese made in a traditional way, but they don't have to have it made by using the animal products. And I just thought, because I'm a lover of thistle rennet cheeses coming yes. from Spain and I know, Portugal. You, love the, you, you were the first person to bring me those cheeses in my career with like the Serra de Estrella and the Azetown. Azeta- yeah, you know. and so to find it in Italy. Right. And I, there is another cheese, Cacciofiore, uh-huh. which is a small, like on the uh, Presidio, uh-huh. of sheep cheese with the vegetable rennet from around like the Rome area. But I mean, this was just so different. I was just so excited because of the flavor profile and raw milk on top of it. Well, that's something, and I wonder, is the use, and, uh, and it's probably staring me right in the face, or it's just logic I've never thought of. Generally, I've only had thistle rennet cheeses uh, that are made with sheep's milk. Is that generally because... It's, it's harder to obtain the rennet to make those cheeses in Portugal and Spain? Or is it just, a, again, a tradition of like... I think it's the, just tradition. The, 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 the thistle grows there. It does what they need it to do so that they just they don't have to 
get the acids from the stomach at the end. Yeah, I mean, you use what you have around you again. So that's just generally what you do yeah. in, in that part and in western Spain. I mean, they're just basically some kilometers from one another when sure. they're doing it, which is it's crazy. cool. And think about the fact they also do a bl- the blue, the lublau uh-huh. is so cool because they, I don't, I mean, I don't do cheeses from England, for example. So I don't know if the Dutch or the English or something, have, anybody has a blue cheese using thistle. But that was completely innovative to me. I've never seen it if it's out there. And I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of cheese. Um, I would ask Mario, how does the veggie rennet affect the ultimate cheese? You know, the flavor and the texture or the consistency. How, does it, how has he found it's really affected the, his end product? Mario, come vedi che qual è l'effetto di usare Riccardo nei formaggi sul punto di vista di sapore, di textura, di consistenza? Sì, allora il, il, il caglio incide molto. Una volta si pensava che la funzione del caglio fosse esclusivamente quello di fare coagulare il latte, quindi creare formaggio. Non è vero, in quanto il caglio rimane nel formaggio durante tutta la sua maturazione, durante tutta la vita del formaggio. Nel caso specifico del, del Cinara Carduncolus, quindi del, col metodo Cinara, eh, eh, con questo sistema diciamo che per quanto riguarda i formaggi a pasta non cotta, quindi ad esempio facciamo un esempio il Louberge o piuttosto la, il, il formaggio la birra, ecco, quei formaggi lì rimangono più tendenzialmente cremosi e un po' più umidi mantengono più il gusto del, diciamo, del, del latte invece sul formaggio cotto quindi facciamo l'idea del gran chinara che è il nostro formaggio parmigiano quello a pasta dura allora quello lì invece ha una velocità di maturazione maggiore quindi eh, stagiona e eh, si affina più velocemente Interesting So What Mario said is in his cheeses that are done from an uncooked curd. Okay. So Lou Berger. Yeah. Uh, the fromage a la birra, Ottavio they're calling it in today's world. He said they keep the flavor of the milk more and they have a much creamier texture. Sure. And he loves that texture. It's like that unctuousness that's just so wonderful that you know, that we know from those cheeses. Yeah, the flavor profile is deep on those. Uh, Lou Berger isn't a strong, you know, it's not like a... Uh, well-pronounced flavor, but it's it's rich and that it's li- it's long, you know, which I feel is why people love it of all palates, you know, people who really who, who want a, a complex cheese, but also people who are what just want approachable, pleasant cheese like that. And for for our listeners that don't know, uh, when we refer to cooked curd cheeses, we're talking about after the initial coagulation and separation of curds and uh, and whey. Um, he doesn't reheat the curds. He doesn't cook the curds again. Um, that's what that that's what that means for anyone who doesn't know. And he actually said that most people used to think that the rennet only had something to do with the coagulation, the but initial he said, processes. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, he finds that it has a big footprint on the flavor and the personality of the cheese. That's really interesting. And he said in the case of the Gran Canara, which is his non-DOP-like Parmigiano style, where he cooks the curd and it has a longer maturation, he said the thistle rennet actually accelerates the aging process in that cheese. Interesting. Which is very interesting. I didn't know that. I love doing this, so I get to learn, too. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. (laughs) <laughs> does um does Mario do you get any inquiries from other uh cheesemakers? Um do they ask you for advice on how to use vegetable rennet in their cheese making? C'è qualche altro produttore di formaggio che ti chiamano e vogliono sapere per loro come farlo, si, po- si potresti dargli una mano per fare i formaggi con caglia vegetale? 
Non ho capito, chi è che non ho capito la domanda, scusa. Eh, vuole sapere se ti chiamano qualche altro produttore di formaggi? Chi vuole imparare sì, sì. a fare i formaggi se ti chiede sì. aiuto per farli? Eh, sì, diciamo che in Italia, specialmente sul discorso del gran chinara, che è il formaggio grana che ha più grossi consumi in Italia, il formaggio parmigiano, grana, pasta dura, c'è molta gente che sta iniziando a cercare di produrlo però non riescono a produrlo con la cinara cardunculus, con cardo, e lo producono alcuni con dei cagli OGM. E quindi eh, stanno cercando di sparare, ma ovviamente eh, rimane un segreto dell'azienda, ecco questo. Sicuramente non abbiamo intenzione di aiutare altre persone, in quanto eh, è veramente un frutto di, oltre alla tradizione, di tanti anni di prove e sacrifici aziendali. Ecco. He said that um, it's going to remain a secret for his company because sure, if sure. he sees people mobilizing to do different things like that yeah. and they end up using like a GMO product sure. and trying to do something Cutting similar. corners. They're cutting corners. Um, and he said that's the natural evolution, but he said for now nobody's really been able to reproduce or produce what they're doing. That's pretty awesome. I think that's good that he has his proprietary you know, info like that and keeps it, keeps it in the family. That's really cool. This was, um, this was really interesting for me, and, uh, and thank you so much, um, Michelle, for coming in. It will be really interesting to see if more producers eventually get to the point where they use veg- vegetable rennet. Um, it seems like it might be out there. Might be up there on the horizon. Um, grazie mille, Mario. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope you have a wonderful evening. And um, many thanks to you, Michelle. Be sure to tune in for more Cutting the Curd next week. Take care. Ciao, Mario. Grazie mille. Ciao, ciao. Grazie a voi. Grazie a tutti. Grazie agli ascoltatori. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.